This morning at TPOS, Pastor Sadler talks about how God knows our name. Though others might see us for what we've done, God sees us for who we are. Luke chapter 19, the Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was, everybody say, rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little in stature. And he ran before and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Verse 5, key verse here. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. I want to preach a very simple thought. In October, we looked at let my people grow. We wanted to grow spiritually. We've been doing a continuation of spiritual maturity in our small groups. And in November, we preached about let my people go. Who knows things can get a hold of us? Relationships, addictions, attitudes, hurts, hang-ups, habits. Okay? And we want to be let go from that, but I really felt the Lord speak to me for the month of December. Continuation would be, uh, let my people know. Let my people know. Who in here has had to relearn some things? You thought you had mastered mathematics, and then your child went to school, and you were required to help them. And you know the answer, but you don't know how you got the answer, so you have to relearn. Everybody say, relearn. You have to relearn math because there's a new way. I like the old way pretty good. There's a new way. Sometimes we got to be reminded. We got to be reminded of what we knew. Who in here has ever forgot it? You knew God loved you, but you forgot it. You knew God saved you, but you kind of forgot it. I'm going to keep probing until somebody says amen. All right. He knows your name. Do not forget that, that the God who created heaven and earth, he knows your name. Jesus, anoint our minds, touch our hearts. God, every impact of the evil one that wants to rob our joy, God, let him be stopped even now. Afflictions and crises that we struggle with that will be there tomorrow, let them take care of themselves, for today is the day that the Lord has made. His people will rejoice in a revelation that they know that you have understanding. You recognize them not just by their looks, but you know their name. Let us get that truth in our heart that when the enemy tells us we're nothing, you remember and speak a word to us that we know that you know our name. Help us today and let the church say in Jesus' name. Now, why don't you give God a hand clap of praise today? I'm so sorry. I had to take a minute. Uh, Two of our ESL advanced class uh, students are here this morning, and I love... You're going to like this. Today, I was reminded how significant 
it is to know a person's name. I have been known to be a name dropper from time to time. You ever dropped a name? Think it'll get you VIP treatment, you're connected. But can I say something? Everybody knows the president's name. Most everybody knows the governor's name. If you go to a restaurant, most of the time they have a plaque telling you who the manager is. I, I remember recently I was in a bank and the employees really didn't know me. And I dropped a name of the bank president thinking that would get me some VIP treatment. And they kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the president here. But it didn't change. Their no was a no. And about that time, the bank president came through the lobby and said, hey, Pastor Sadler, how are you doing? I hope everything is good. I promise you, that group of employees was a 180 turn. Like, what can we get you? What would you want? See, it was one thing for me to know the bank president's name, but it was a whole nother thing when the president of the bank knew me. Right. I, I want to preach to some people today that it's not a small thing to say that God knows your name. Jesus, the Bible said, was passing through this region of Jericho. Now, today, many people are religious, didn't mean they're spiritual or that they're saved, but they're religious. And many religious figures, uh, they like to build shrines and temple. And they say, if you're uh, our follower, you need to come to where the shrine or the temple is. But, but I'm here to tell you, we serve a God. When we couldn't get to Him, He left heaven, robed Himself in flesh, born in a lowly manger. And while we were yet sinners, Christ came to... I don't think you're getting it today. I'm so sorry for those who have become incarcerated and if getting to this church was the only way they could be saved, many of them would die lost. But we serve a God that's bigger than incarceration. When people can't get to Him, our God is able to get in every jail cell. Our God is willing to go to every dope den. Our God is willing to go the highways and the hedges. He's in every rehab. He's in every psych hospital. We have a God when we can't get to Him. He'll find a way to get to us. And the Bible says he came through Jericho. I, I want you to get that. Look in your Old Testament. Jericho was an impediment to the children of Israel. It was that beginning of the limitations to occupy the land of promise. And many of you know that God used a demonstration not by the flesh, not by physical power or wisdom, but God used a foolish thing in the eyes of the military mind to bring the walls of a city down. He says, if you'll march around and they will set a blast of a... 
I'm telling somebody today that blast of a trumpet, that is synonymous with a shout of victory. You didn't blow that trumpet. That wasn't a retreat trumpet. That wasn't a regroup trumpet. That was a trumpet. Go forward. God has given the victory. I'm telling you, some people don't like praise and worship. Some people said, I wish you'd get on to the preaching, but can I tell you what? The walls that have too many people bound can be broken when we get in the spirit of worship and we begin to declare God's goodness. Walls fall down. I'm going to preach in just a minute. And that city was cursed. Look it up. Elder, it was cursed. Don't take it. Don't do this. Don't do that. Leave it. It's mine. But I want you to know that under the law, what was cursed, Jesus wasn't afraid of it rubbing off on him. He was willing to go the places that in the flesh we can't go. But by the blood of Jesus... He went into the city of Jericho. He wasn't worried about Jericho rubbing off on him. He wanted to influence Jericho with what he had. Now, I'm going to say it today. Jesus, Jesus passed through that way. Can I tell you what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that went through Jericho. He's not afraid about your condition. He's not worried about your affliction. He's not grieved about your addiction. God is here today passing through for anybody who wants to hear a word that I'm able. He knows your name. The Bible tells us Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. i got to stop and talk about this. We, we use that word lost. Uh, who's ever lost their car keys? Most of the times they're not really lost, they're misplaced, right? Some of you have, uh, you've lost a bet, don't tell pastor about that one. Lost, but this word doesn't necessarily mean that. This word means, and the, the best example I can come up with is any men in here, do you have a sock drawer with a lot of lonely socks? You put them in the hamper? You put them in the washer. You even made them into the dryer. But there's a demon that lives in the midst of every dryer. And it loves nothing more than men's socks. But it don't like both of them. It just likes one of them. And it devours it. And you take it out. And you see, well, here's one. But where's the other one? But by faith. We don't throw it away. By faith, we put it in that casket known as a sock drawer, believing that one day we're going to put on a pair of static cling britches and we're going to put our and we're going to push out the mate and they're going to be reunited. Come on, somebody. But can I ask a question? What good is one sock? It's got something, but it's not enough to be complete. Can I tell you? You're a human being and you got something, but there's something missing. And without it, you're incomplete. And you're relegated to the sock drawer. And you hold by faith. I'm preaching to somebody. But Jesus came through this place for our people. You're alive, but you ain't got no purpose. But I'll tell you, when you come to Jesus, he who had no purpose now has purpose. You're complete in him. Jericho 
Its name literally means perfume. It's known for this because perfume was manufactured there. It was sweet-smelling. It was known for its palm trees. It was a very affluent area. In that affluency, think about it, the people with the more money, there's more money that you can tax, right? So it is perfect for a publican. I didn't say Republican, I said publican, which means tax collector. And that is what Zacchaeus's occupation was. Zacchaeus, his name means pure or righteous. What an irony in the ears of the Jews. Can I, can I say this today? You may not understand tax collection, but in this day there was no law of the IRS and guidelines. Rome said, this is how much money we want collected out of this community, and they would say, you're a freelance tax collector, and as long as we get what we want, anything you collect, that Zacchaeus was rich, he must have been very good at manipulating and guilting and shaming and abusing people with his tax collection methods. Can you imagine how the average Jew of this region felt about this traitor who's working for Rome, who's abusing us to collect taxes, and here we're struggling to get by, and he lives in this mansion. You might even say he was like a gangster. He was aggressive in tax collection. He would be the Al Capone or the baby-faced Nelson of this day. The Bible says he was the chief. He had other tax collectors working for him. Now think about that. Just He was a kingpin. He was a half-pint kingpin. Probably lived in the biggest house in town. But he was lost. Now I'm not asking you to do this, but if we were going to shoot a movie of the life of Zacchaeus and we needed somebody to play Zacchaeus, I think the perfect typecast for him would be Danny DeVito. I only told you that so you get that image in your mind. Hear this today. Here's a man that had everything. He knew Jesus, but he was little in stature. He was friends. Literally, he was by himself. He was alone. He had no one to help him see Jesus, probably he was the most unpopular man there. They would say, go away, Zacchaeus, or bleep, Zacchaeus. He was not well thought of. Here is Zacchaeus. He was lonely even in a crowd. He was little, insignificant even in his own eyes. He was lost. He had no purpose. Can I say this today? But he made an effort. He made an effort. The Bible says he couldn't see him. He could have made an excuse. But his desire to see Jesus was greater than the excuses he could come up with. And he had made a trip to the Holy Lands in between a break of two semesters. And he came back and he said, students, I know a lot about the Holy Lands from my reading and my studies. But it's my first time to go. And there's things that you pick up by visually, by actually being there, that you would never get out of a book naturally a student says like what professor he says well I had a tour guide showed me a lot of things interesting things kind of the backstory on a lot of things and he says 
I asked him, I said, would you take me? I want to see one of those sycamore trees that Zacchaeus climbed. He said, okay, I'll take you to a sycamore tree. He drove me there, and it was a nice-looking tree, but it had a fourth. Is this uh, rare? Is this valuable? He says, no, it's just you Americans read about it in the Bible, and when y'all come here, you want to climb up our sycamore tree. Now, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Zacchaeus made an effort, and Jesus the Bible says that Zacchaeus ran ahead and he went in a way that he knew the Lord would come. Some of us want to go our own way and expect God to come to where we're going. I'm telling you what, we need to purpose in our heart. I'm going to position myself. I know that the Lord is going to come this way and I want us. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Can I tell you what? You may not feel Jesus in your living room, in your footed pajamas watching reruns, but I can tell you on a Sunday morning in this house, people have fasted and prayed. The music is prepared. The heat and temperature's just right. The building's been clean, and there are people here that it not they're not maybe kind of hoping. They come expecting for the Lord to come by here. If you'll get yourself in a place where you know Jesus is going to come by, guess what? He'll show up. And the Bible says Zacchaeus made the effort. My professor says, you know what I learned about them sycamore trees? He was from the south. He didn't say sycamore. He said sycamore. Letting that sink in. He said the bark on those sycamore trees, it's very slick. There's no grain. There's no bark that you can get a sandal or a toe in there and I mean, when you shinny up a tree, you got to shinny. Use your the low branch to jump up and grab and pull yourself. He said the lowest branch is way up the ground, especially for Danny DeVito. He's not going to be able to. He said, I had a revelation, boys. I said, what is that, prof? He says, for Zacchaeus to get in that tree, it took some effort. Can I tell you what? If you draw not a God, he'll draw not a you. If you'll do some effort and praise in his name, I don't ever hear from the Lord. Maybe if you put some effort behind it, maybe if. And my Bible says, when Jesus. Not if Jesus, not maybe Jesus, but when Jesus came by there, he looked and he saw in that tree a man that had a hard time getting there. Maybe he was even hiding himself behind some leaves. He said, Zacchaeus. Can I say this? He didn't say, hey, little man. He didn't say, lonely person. He didn't say, lost boy. He knew his name. I don't think you're getting it. I'm telling somebody, he may know you are depressed, but he don't call you depressed. He may know you have failed, but he don't call you a failure. He, he knows your name, where you've been, what you've been through. You can and will make it. He called him Zacchaeus, which means what? Righteous and pure. Can I tell you, I believe if you'll let God speak in your life, he'll call things that are, are not yet to the devil who says what can't happen. And you start listening to God who speaks a word of what can happen. I can make you whole. I can make you healed. I can make you delivered. Blow hot or blow cold, I'm going to preach what God gave me today. He knew his name. And it shocked the religious. I love that. Shocked really. He knows his name. Jill and I grew up in our hometown of Huntsville, and 
the good thing about growing up and living in your hometown is you know a lot of people. The bad thing about growing up in your hometown, a lot of people know you. They may, they may know things you don't want them to know. And I had a man I went to church with. His name was Jimmy Mayo. And Jimmy made a mistake one day. He gave me his business card and said, hey, now, if you ever need anything I can help with, let me know. He was the county clerk of Madison County, Alabama. Today, we are so spoiled how we can go online and register. I had a hankering earlier this year to go fishing. Used to, you'd have to go somewhere and buy a license. I went on my phone in about eight seconds. I had a fishing license. Boom, right there on my phone, paid for it. Woo. But back in the day, you didn't... Go to all these annexes or online to get a car tag. There's one place you get a car tag, and that was at Madison County Courthouse on the square where there was no parking places. And it was a big county. You're, you're talking a half million people all going to the same location. And because Jimmy had given me his card, I could go up there and had a lady answer the phone for that department, and I could tell her my name, but it didn't matter one bit what my name was. But when I asked for Jimmy Mayo, and Jimmy got on the phone, and I said, hey, this is Carlos Sadler. He didn't know many. He knew a lot of Johns. He knew a lot of Steve's. He didn't know any but one Carlos. And he said, Carlos, I tell you what, give me your VIN numbers, and I'll have your tags, and when you come in, you can skip that long line that wraps all around the building, and you can come to this window, and I'll have your name on an envelope, and you hand that cashier a check, and it won't take you but a minute. Woo! Y'all ever waited in a line for the government? They don't move, people. They think, where else you gonna go? They're not worried about competition. It's not like you can go anywhere faster to get it. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying because Jimmy knew my name, it gave me access and privileges. We serve a God. You're not just one of many. You're just not a face in the crowd. You're just not a, a useless thing that he doesn't get. I'm telling you, when he wakes up in the morning, he calls your name. Matthew, consider my servant Elizabeth. And God knows the day. He starts your day off with mercy and grace. He don't just throw it out there. He goes to Ramona's folder, and he puts in that folder the grace and the mercy that is sufficient for today. He's got a file. When you come up lost, he's got a milk carton in his fridge with your... What I want you to get today, Jesus saw him because he made an effort. Jesus didn't call him depressed, broken, flawed, liar, lonely. He called him by his name. As Jesus passed through that place that day, Jesus is passing through this place today. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going through. He knows you're good, and He knows you're bad. But can I tell you today, if God has ever granted you a promise, He didn't base it on your perfection. I don't think you can... He, he knew what you were when He saved you. And just because you've grown weary and well-doing or maybe you've grown cold in your spirit or you've allowed some issue in your life to sidetrack you or circumvent you, who today it feels little, for all have come short. 
Get it? Short of the glory of God, we're all little. But I'm going to tell you what. God says, I didn't come just to have a bunch of groupies. I come to make you a friend of God. He's come that he might give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Our God had a purpose. He's come to seek and to save that which is... I feel the Holy Ghost... He's come to seek and save that which is lost. You complain about John the baptizer. Oh, that he had a devil because he didn't eat and he didn't drink. And the Son of Man, magnifying Jesus' humanity, the Son of Man comes eating and drinking and you say he's gluttonous and a wine-bibber. But Jesus went on to say, but the wisdom of he is found true in the results of his decision. I'm telling you, I'm glad today that some of you are not what you used to be but by the blood of Jesus you're a testimony I was little I was broken I was depressed but I've also been washed in the blood of the lamb Jesus turned my captivity around he knows my name he knows my name in Luke chapter 4 He came into their synagogue. That's after he had a long season of fasting in the wilderness. And he came into their synagogue. And it was their custom to hand a new rabbi, a new teacher, the copy of the Law and the Prophets. And he would expound on what his ministry was about, what he saw as important. I love, Brother Alford, what Jesus chose. (laughs) He didn't choose the law. He didn't choose the Ten Commandments. He didn't choose let them all be stoned, let them all die on a hill, let them all be forgotten. I'm so thankful what Jesus chose to say my ministry is about. I've come to preach to the brokenhearted. I've come to bind up the wounds of the bruised. I've come to preach to those in prison. I've come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, meaning everything that had to be sold to pay debts, everything that had been lost through bad decisions, every relationship that had been severed and kids had moved off and there had been alienation in the family. Everybody went back home and everything went back to its original owner. Can I tell you what today... Jesus says, you want to know what this ministry is about? It's getting all of those that have become lost back in the save column. All of those that have been broken. Maybe he'll have come to tell you today, Jesus knows your name. Just as Zacchaeus climbed a tree to see Jesus, Jesus also climbed a tree. It's called the cross. And on the cross, he gave himself willingly. He looked they live eternally. I've come to tell you today, Jesus told what his purpose was is to see the lonely and the little and the lost become saved today. That's what it's all about. Anybody here love illustrations to help understand concepts? I love illustrations. That's what the Old Testament's all about, is illustrations to help us understand concepts. There was a man, literally a man named Moses. Moses was anointed from birth for a specific purpose, but he got involved in his will and didn't wait on the Lord, and he killed a man, and you know, he fled, and he was on the backside of the desert, and he was pretty much neglecting, forgetting I've done messed up, done gone too far. Pastor, what does this have to do with your message? And some of you... You're unwilling to admit that if God ever anointed you just because you failed don't mean he took his anointing away. You're still anointed. God still wants to use you. 
God knew what he was when he gave the anointing in the first place, and God is righteous in all his ways. This is what I want you to get. And the Bible says he's on the backside of nowhere tending sheep. And this bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. Get that. It was on fire, but it wasn't going away. It, it was staying and drew close to it. All of a sudden, a voice, the voice of God came out of that burning bush, and it spoke to him. And he said, hey, you, stupid sheep herder, octogenarian, 80-something. Did he say that? The Bible says, Moses. Just because he tried to forget God, God hadn't forgotten him. God knew his name. He says, take your shoes off for the ground in which you stand is holy. And some of you feel like you've gone too far and done too much that if you came into church, the ceiling would fall in because you're such a sinner. I'm here to tell you, God ain't worried about your unrighteousness rubbing off on him. You can walk in holy places no matter where you've been because the Father... Who thinks I love these granddaughters? They come to the house. I do good until they get on my nerves. I just go to the bedroom shut the door. Burn the house down. I don't care. I'm in the room. Me and the blind cat, we're just back here. Leave us alone. And she'll open that door and peek one eye. And I can hear it now. Poppy, don't you want to come out here and... It's amazing how they can turn a no into a yes. Sure. Because why? I want her to have the best experience possible. Now, if an earthly father, earthly grandfather, will leave his comfort zone because <laughs> he wants his grandbabies to have a good experience, how much more so does our perfect Heavenly Father, Woo. He knows your name. You're, you're, you're not just a number to God. He loves you today. Thank you for listening today. You can reach us at our website, www.tpos.church. To donate, you can use our text-to-give number at 615-490-9442. Until next time, go with God.